I, again, I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. I'd like to welcome you to Life Church. We're so glad that you're with us today. And, uh, and you're here for a great time. We are beginning a brand new series. And so if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 44. I'm going to get there in just a minute. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. And uh, this weekend is going to be a weekend where um, we're going to be kind of, I'm going to be giving you multiple scriptures and different references and some different things. You may want to write a few things down, but kind of my, my text will be Acts chapter 2. Um, again, welcome today. And uh, glad that you're here. And we're starting a brand new series called In This House. And, uh, and as we do, it's a little bit reflective of where we've been and a little bit about where we're going. Uh, at the Germantown campus, uh, this is the three weekends from this weekend, we'll actually be opening the brand new facility at the Germantown campus, which is going to be exciting and awesome. And uh, so things are moving along. The floors are almost all done. They were setting countertops and, and uh, they've been putting in doors and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, the screens and the video systems go in next week. And so there are just, everything is happening and it's all kind of coming together. Uh, but as we move ahead, I think it's a really important time for us, even as a church, just to take a few minutes and step back and go, what got us here? Uh, I'm a big believer that... Uh, uh, you got to remember where you come from and, and where you're, and in order to be able to go where you're going. And so, what I want to do in the next couple of weeks is basically kind of walk us through just kind of the mission of Life Church. And uh, for the West Campus, for those of you at West Campus, this is going to be a brand new experience for you because I've never talked about this in this format on a weekend service. Uh, for those of you at the Germantown Campus or you've been here for quite some time, you've heard of this, uh, you know this, and it's on the website. But our mission at Life Church is to lead people upward in worship. Inward in commitment and outward in evangelism. So we call it upward, inward, and outward. And so over the next three weeks, I just want to come back to some of those values of what we believe and, and why we believe it. And this is really kind of set in the book of Acts, chapter 2. We see this, the, the, basically the birth of the New Testament church. And uh, Jesus has already said in the Gospels that he'd build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Jesus already died for the sins of humanity, has risen again, has told the disciples to go into the upper room and to wait to tarry for the power of the Holy Spirit that would make them witnesses, not just in the city that they were in, which was Jerusalem, but into all the world. And, uh, and so we see that the power of, of, of this baptism of the Holy Spirit has come upon them and it has empowered them in such a way. Matter of fact, the first day of this experience, Peter, who basically ran uh, from things during the crucifixion time, this is just a matter of weeks later, and he is standing preaching this bold gospel message. And 3,000 people hear the message and they are saved. And so uh, the New Testament church has begun, has begun and, and really it's, 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 it's in just rare form. And we see in Acts chapter 2 verse 44, the Bible says this, and it's speaking of this church that's just begun. And all the believers met together in one place. And they shared everything that they had. And they sold their property and their possessions. And they shared their money with those in need. And they worshiped together, verse 46 says. And at the temple each day, and they met at homes, small groups, for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. 
this little snippet, this, this little text, if you would, basically describes what's happening in the New Testament church. It's, it, it's describing this church that Jesus talked about. It's describing what the church looks like and what she feels like and, and what she does and, and how she operates. And I use the word, I use the, the pronoun she because the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ, that he's the groom, Jesus, and that we, the church, are the bride of Christ. And so, so the reality is, is that you see these values as, as you look at that passage that they worship together. So upward in worship. They, they met together in homes and, and they were committed to one another. Uh, inward in commitment. And then each day the Lord added to their numbers those that were being saved, verse 47. They were going outward in evangelism. This was the mission. This is how they fulfilled the mission. This is all about great commission, great commandment, and the fulfillment of that and how it's happening and occurring in the context of the, of the, of the New Testament church. I also want you to know, notice something else that's in that passage. Uh, he says there that they, uh, uh, in verse 47, and they enjoyed the goodwill of all people. Nothing works like the local church works when a local church works the way the local church is designed to work. I'm just telling you, nothing works like it. When those that have the gift to sing, sing. Those that have the gift to teach, teach. Those that have the gift to lead, lead. Those that have the gift to ush, ush. Nothing works like the local church works when a local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And what's happening in this passage is the local church is working exactly the way Jesus intended for it to work. And, and out of that, the, the, one of the offsprings of that, one of the fruits of that, is there is this goodwill that's enjoyed by all. When the church is healthy, it grows. When the church is, is doing what Jesus called her to do, she flourishes, she grows. But when the church is unhealthy, when the church is sick, she begins to, she shrinks. She, she founders, she, she uh, splits, she, she has all kinds of issues. And, and what's happening at Life Church and what we've had happen in, in, in this church has been this blessing of this goodwill among all. Not just inside the doors of our church, but in the community. Not just in one location in Germantown, but also at the West Campus. And I, and I believe that God's got more for us. And so, so we're living in this time. We're living, absolutely, we're living the pages of this, of this chapter and of this verse. And so today, before I go any further to kind of talk about this value of upward in worship, I want to take a minute and I just want to remind all of us, kind of from where we've come, and for those of you that maybe you don't know the Life Church story, just take a couple minutes, direct your attention to the screen, and I'm going to kind of tell that story, if you would. I'll be back to close everything out. So here I am in the auditorium of the new facility at the Germantown campus. And uh, I'm reminiscing of what God's done over the last 10 plus years here at Life Church. It's not always been easy, but God's always showed up. And God's always met us. You know, Coming to here, I got some advice before I came here uh, from a good friend of mine that said, Aaron, don't ever underestimate what it's going to take to put the microphone on a stand on a stage. And today, sitting here on this new stage, in this room that in the next few weeks will be filled with hundreds of, of believers and hundreds of people finding Christ, thousands of people that will come to faith in Jesus Christ in this room. I'm reminded of what it's taken to put a microphone on a stand on the stage. You know, it was the fall of 2002 and God began to speak to mine and Tammy's heart way in advance that he wanted us, that it was time for us to go take the lead uh, pastorate uh, to, to plant the church, to start the church that he had called to us to, to start. And I really, quite frankly, thought it was going to be a church plant. We were just going to start from ground zero, get some people together. I, I thought, quite frankly, it was probably going to be somewhere in the southeastern part of the United States or the southwest. I'm more of a sun and sand kind of a guy. Little did I know 
that neither one was going to happen. So in the fall of 2002, I received a phone call and uh, it was from a church and uh, called Trinity Life Center in Germantown, Wisconsin. And uh, these people, there was about 100 people. They had, had the church had started. They had to release the pastor about six months prior and uh, because of some wrongdoing that he had done. And uh, quite frankly, had almost really stopped the church. But these people, these hundred people, these, these, this church, they had such a passion to see God do things. They were what I would call lion chasers. And uh, they said, we feel like that we should have a conversation. And what was amazing was I felt like that we should have this conversation as well. And so the Lord really connected our hearts together. And um, it was a God thing. It's the only way I know how to describe it. What God had put in my heart to do, what God had put in their heart to do was the same. And so in December of 2002, Tammy and I moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Germantown, Wisconsin to begin this new journey. So Tammy and I arrived in December of 2002. And we knew that in order to accomplish the vision that God had put in our hearts and what we feel like God had put in and at the church's heart, that we were going to have to rebrand the church and we were going to have to grow. At that point in time, we basically leased 4,000 square feet in the present building that we're in now. It was a room of about 100 chairs uh, and uh, no stage. I had an overhead projector, and uh, which is kind of funny to me with all the technology that we do here at Life Church today. Uh, and again, I can't say enough about the heart and the unity and the passion of the people to want to see God do something great. And so we began to talk and strategize about what it was going to take. We began to talk about knocking down the wall and creating more of a, of a sanctuary or an auditorium that would seat about 250. Uh, we, we, we immediately went out and bought an, uh, a video uh, screen and a projector to be able to, to facilitate part of the vision that God had given us. Because we at Life Church believe that uh, the stained glass of the 21st century is video, that it tells this greatest story ever told, the, the, the gospel message. And you can tell it in such a creative and incredible way week in and week out. So that spring, I'll never forget, we had $23,000 in the bank and we decided we're going to, well, we're going to kind of burn the ships and cut the sails. We're going to try something. We're going to spend all the money that we have. We're going to invest it in and expand the facility. And we're going to go from this 100 seats to a 250 seat room. We went before the congregation and we asked them to, to, to believe with us and to trust with us that God was going to show up and was going to meet us. As we provided seats, He would provide souls. It took $15,000 to buy those first 200 chairs. And the church stood up and they bought them. That springtime, we opened up 10 years ago today, created a new stage, a new auditorium. And again, we just leased the space. We didn't own it. But it felt like for the first time that like we had something, that there was a, a momentum, that there was something that God was doing. Well, from there, from 2003 until about 2005, we began to add services. We began to see God moving and, and people were getting saved and lives were being changed. And there was great momentum in the church and great spirit in the church. At about 2005, we, we had about 300 people, and I knew we had to get to a permanent location. So I began to send out letters. I think I, I, I inquired of about 100 different properties and parcels within the Germantown area. Uh, farmers wanting to sell any property. Anybody that had a building or property, they'd be willing to sell. And I can't tell you how many conversations, how many closed doors, how many deals that fell apart. And uh, very frustrated, I just said, God, I don't know what else to do. We have this 10,000 square foot facility and we need a permanent location. We're spending money on rent, and I just, we need to do this. 
And God opened up in the most miraculous way the ability for us to be able to buy the present building and part of the shopping center that we're in. See, we were able to purchase the building that we're in, 10,000 square feet, the building where the student center currently is housed, that's 10,000 square feet. And at that time, it was the largest bar in Germantown. And basically 12 acres on this main corridor throughout our community. And at that time, the property appraised for $4.2 million. It was 2006. And in August of 2006, we were able to buy this property for $1.75 million. Wow. Well, we immediately began to, 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 to dream and think, now that we own the property, what could we do? So we continued to grow. And in 2008, we were able to expand even more and develop the 7,000 square foot student center, new office space. And we were able to take the 10,000 square foot auditorium building that previously had set about 250 and be able to rearrange that to seat 400 people. It's the current space that we have today. And again, we continue to see growth. It's amazing to me how when we provide seats, God fills them with souls, lives, stories, families, marriages, children, salvation. It's just amazing. Well, we knew that God had more in plan for us than just the shopping center. We knew that God was going to continue to, 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 to grow. And so we just continue to add services. That's what we know to do. We just continue to leverage the building to where we we're at four weekend services. And we also knew that what we wanted to see God do was not just here in Germantown, but was all throughout the city of Milwaukee. So in the fall of 2010, on the 10 year anniversary of the church, we announced that we were going to uh, launch our second campus that we were gonna take what God was doing here in Germantown and what we believe he wanted to do throughout the metropolitan area of Milwaukee. And we were gonna take it to the 94 corridor, the Western suburbs of our city. And so in 2011, we launched that campus. And today there's a couple hundred people on average every weekend at the Marcus Majestic. It's what we call our West Campus, are meeting there. Lives are being changed. People are coming to faith in Christ every weekend. It's just amazing to see that what God has done in Germantown, He's doing in another city in our community. So at the very same time that we were launching the West Campus, we were also brainstorming about what God wanted to do here in a permanent facility in Germantown. And so two years ago, we began to meet with architects. We began to go through the design phase. We began to go through value engineering, meet, meeting with contractors and, and with construction firms. And, we began to walk through this process. And then a little over a year ago, we presented that vision. We called it Heart for the House to you, Life Church. And you so incredibly responded to that. Amazingly. And as I sit in this room, I'm so excited to think about what God has done, but what He's going to do. But not just here in Germantown, not just here in this room, but at the West Campus. I think about the day that we're going to be able to develop a facility and a campus that will be permanent and strategic, that we'll be able to provide seats and multiple services to be able to reach the communities in the western suburbs of Milwaukee. But not even just there. But I'm believing for that in Ozaki County and in Milwaukee County, and quite frankly, throughout the entire metropolitan communities of Milwaukee. I believe that God is doing something in our church and in our midst that strikes a chord with families, with people, far away from God and close to God all throughout our area. 
And I'm reminded of the phrase, though the past be glorious, the best is yet to come. And I think that's true, Life Church. Though I look back and I think of all the great things that God's done, I think we haven't even scratched the surface of what He is going to do. Exceedingly and abundantly above all we could think or ask. And not just in one town or in one location, but throughout Milwaukee, throughout our community, throughout our city. I believe God has a heart for this house that He's going to show to the entire city, to the entire area of Milwaukee. Can we just give the Lord thanks for that? I mean, when I look at that over the last 12 years to see what God's done, and again, I'm in a very reflective mood in these least couple of weeks. I just know that where he's, not just where he's taken us just for the sake of being there or being here, but where he's going uh, to lead us. And... Um, and I really believe that the best is yet to come. I really believe we've only yet scratched the surface. Uh, I really believe there's some God things that he's doing even now uh, that, will be, uh, that we'll see the fruition of that fruit and, and that activity uh, just in, in the couple of years to come. And so as we talk about this, the only way for that to be true, for the best is to be yet to come, is for us to remember what we what, remember why we're here. Remember what mission is. I love what Peter Drucker, the, the, the um, father of, of modern leadership and management, says that every business has to act, ask itself on a continual basis, what's business and how's business? What's business and how's business? And I think it's true to the local church. We have to ask ourselves, what are we here to do? Because it's very easy to get, get caught up in a lot of other things that aren't our mission, that aren't our focus, that they're good things, but they're not God things. Uh, and so we have to say, what is our mission? Well, our mission is to lead people upward in worship, inward in commitment, outward in evangelism. And that's what we've been committed to do uh, in this community, and we're going to be committed to do throughout these communities of, of southeastern Wisconsin. How's business? Well, life is pretty good right now. But, uh, but you know, you, you don't eat what you sowed today, right? You eat what you sowed yesterday, the, the whole farming analogy, you know. And so if I'm not going, so what I do today is actually not going to affect me so much today as it's going to affect me tomorrow. So I have to evaluate those systems and evaluate and get along with God and, and, and do that. And we do that individually with our own lives. We also do that corporately. And so as we, as we look at that, I just want to unpack uh, something that I think is very simple uh, but I think it's very profound, and that's part of our mission of why we're here. The first part of that mission is to lead our lives upward in worship, to lead you upward in worship. That's part of my challenge as the lead pastor here at Life Church. And um, so, why is worship so important? Well, worship, by definition, if you read Webster's definition, it's an extravagant respect or an admiration or devotion of a particular object. It's a, an extravagant respect or admiration for uh, or devotion to an object. And the word upper denotes the fact that the worship that we're talking about is unto God, that, that we're not worshiping each other, that we're not worshiping things that we do, we're not worshiping our accomplishments, but yet we're worshiping God. Well, why is that important? Well, first of all, let me give you a couple things. Number one, you are a worshiper. Whether you feel like it or, you're, or you don't, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a worshiper. I'm going to prove this to you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, 4, and 5 says, You shall have no other gods before me. 
You shall not make for yourselves idols. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I am the Lord your God and I'm a jealous God. God said, I want you to worship me. I don't want you to worship anything else. I don't want you to have an extravagant devotion or esteem to anything else. I want you to worship me. Now, that happens in and through the local church. Uh, that happens in and through every weekend service that we have. That's part of why we open the service in worship. Why? Because it's a value that we have. It's part of our mission. But worship doesn't just end and begin with music. Now, before I move on from the musical side of worship, let me camp here just for a minute. And people ask me, well, what's the proper response in worship? Because some churches say you should just be, you know, uh, to, to, to be vocal in a room and in a, in a worship service, at a church service is to be irreverent. Some would say, no, it's, you know, it's totally fine. Everybody's different. Here's what I would tell you is this. What's your personality? God created you. He gave you your personality. He gave you a disposition. God's not trying to rewire your DNA. Remember, he gave you that DNA. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. But in the same time, as you come into a time of worship, part of our response is not so much, do I like the music or do I not like the music? Is this my favorite song or is this not my favorite song? Do I feel like it? Do I not feel like it? It's, it boils down to one simple thing. The words that I'm singing, do these resonate from God's word? Yes. Are these praise and worship unto God? Yes. So I'm going to sing these, not because I feel like it or I don't feel like it, not because I like the tune or I don't, or because I like this or that, but simply just because of who God is. I am to worship Him. And how I'm going to worship Him is going to be true to my personality. What does that mean? That means this. If you were to go to a Packer game or any sporting event or any event, Price is Right, maybe that's your gig, I don't know, but you were to go to an event that you loved, what would be your disposition? If it's quiet and introverted, then be quiet and introverted in church. It's totally fine. But I'm just telling you, I go about every year to Lambeau, and, and I go to a lot of sporting events. And most people, to use a phrase that we would say in the South, are acting a fool at a game. It's an understatement. And there's nothing wrong with it. But all I'm saying is God, the Word says over and over and over again, the Bible says to shout unto God with a voice of triumph, to, to lift high your voice, to, to, to make a joyful noise. You don't have to even keep a tune. Thank God for that, because some of us can't, right? Just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And what I would encourage you with is because you are a worshiper, as a follower of Jesus Christ and it's commandment number one, that you establish in your heart that you're going to be true to your personality. Nobody's going to expect you to do that. And if you're introverted and quiet, that's completely fine. But that you're true to who you are at all times. Because the dichotomy of our world, we go, well, I'm acting one way in church and another way in the world. That's hypocritical. Isn't it? That's what we call a hypocrite. If I act one way out there, another way in here. And that's one of the things we really strive hard to do at Life Church is just be real and authentic. Just be you. you it's summertime. You want to wear shorts? Wear shorts. Get on with your bad self. You don't want to wear socks? I don't like socks. I'm wearing socks today. It's a little cold. That's it. But I usually don't wear socks. Um, you don't want to wear jeans? I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, this is... Be you, you know, but at the end of the day, worship God that way because you are a worshiper. But worship doesn't just begin and end with the music set. It's about how we live our lives. It's about every part of who we are. And the Bible says in him we move and we live and we have our being, not our doing. Our doing is our action. Our being is us being in Christ and Christ being in us. We talked about that last weekend, that incarnational presence of Jesus, the fact that Jesus Christ that resurrection power lives in us that we should live life in a completely different way. So we began our weekend with this thing of worship, that we're a worshiper, but we should, this should just, should just be the beginning. It should be something that we do all throughout the week. 
that we're living our lives worshiping God. And again, worship means to have an extravagant respect or admiration or devotion for an object of esteem. Now, the second thing I would say is that you will become like what you worship. This is why it's very important that you decide what you're going to worship and whom you worship. Because you will become like what you worship. These aren't my ideas. These are the Bible. Psalm chapter 115, verse 4 and verse 8 says this. But their idols are silver and gold and made by the hands of men. Verse 8 says, But those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. It's referring to the idols that are made of silver and gold. What you worship, you become. What you worship, you become. What you esteem, what you have respect for, what you admire, you will become because you will put it up on a pedestal. That's why it's very important to worship people because they will fail. It's very important that you don't worship uh, or you don't put anybody that's <laughs> any human up in, 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 in like a they can't fail category because they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do this. It's important that you, that you in your life decide what is it that I'm going to want to become like. Well, that's very simple for us as Christ followers, isn't it? We want to be like Jesus. So let's just worship Jesus. Period. And my worship of Jesus is not based upon a song. It's not based upon my favorite musician or if I feel like it. And we as spirit-filled believers, man, we really get into this. I don't feel it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we just like to, it's if I feel like, what is that? That's, all, that's tied and tethered to emotion. It should never be about emotion. My love for Jesus is not about emotion. My love for Jesus is because of what he's done for me. My love for Jesus really has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. And my love for Jesus so that I worship him and do that because I want to pursue that and to be like him. And, and I want to know him and, and I, I want that relationship with him. And, and so it's very important that it has and it is and always will be about Jesus. Period. It's what it is. It's just it, it's 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 that way. And, and 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 let me say this. I understand that there are different things. Music, especially when you talk about worship, it's almost inextricable from music. There's something about music that denotes a certain feeling or a certain emotion. That's the reason why you can be listening to a, you're on a road trip and you're scanning, and all of a sudden you come across a song that was popular when you're in high school, and it takes you back. Doesn't matter what the song is. Doesn't matter what decade you grew up in. You know, so it just takes you back, and it just it just is. I mean, you hear Michael Jackson Thriller. It's like, man, I'm back in high school again. I'm wearing I'm wearing like fatty laces with Adidas, and and some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But those of you that are children of the '80s, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You see that. You you hear some Duran Duran. It's like, whoa, I'm back. Sting when he was with the police. I'm I know I'm I'm waxing eloquently right now, but I'm just saying it takes you back to that place, right? My mom would call that, you know, turn that mess off that's not music and so hers was you know she's a kid of the 60s and uh, my, my point is is that it has a certain emotional deal and I get that but there becomes a maturity in my life that goes beyond what's how something's being sung or the melody in which it's being sung in it's more about the message and the anthem and it's not really about me because worship is never about me. It's always about the object that I'm worshiping. And that's Jesus. And that's why I worship. I've threatened to do this with the staff, and I may actually pull this off at some point in time. So if you come in and this happens, I'll just let you know. But if you want to know how I would do worship every week, if, if it was like totally up to me, I would have a, about a 30 to 60 voice black choir every weekend with robes. And I am not pulling any punches. 
Oh, can I get a witness? I would have a Hammond B3 with a Leslie speaker. And if you know what that's at, you, you, you've you got taste. More than just what's in your mouth, I'm just telling you. And I would bring Kirk Franklin and the family with some Israel. Oh, yeah, come on, girl. And we would have some church. And I keep telling this dad, one day, I, I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it. And I'm going to watch all the white people at church go. Oh, my goodness, Lord, what's he done? We'll just do it one weekend. It'll be Pastor Aaron's worship weekend. Be like Bobby Jones Gospel Hour. I'm just telling you, man. But I resigned myself a long time ago. It's not about me. And it's not about, it's about him. That's the important part. It's about him. And the last thing is, is that you, your only reasonable response is worship. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it's one of the reasons why we value this. It's the reason why they valued it in the Acts. It's the reason why Jesus built the church this way. is to worship. It's what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, he's speaking to people that are followers of Jesus Christ, in the view of God's mercy, because of all that God's done for you, to offer your bodies as what? As a living sacrifice. What does that mean? To be holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. That's what it's all about. So individually, every day, it's not my will, but it's your will be done, God. Every day of my life, that my only response, my only rational response is to worship. My, that, that's it. Because, because of all that he's done for me. Because I know where I would be without Jesus. I'm just telling you. I know that where I would be without his grace, without his goodness, without his faithfulness, without his forgiveness. I know where I would be. I know without the blessings of God where I would be. I, I know the struggle. I know the junk. I know the sin. I know the temptation. I know all of those things. But by the grace of God. And so every day I get up and I live my life kind of like the turtle on the fence post. I know I didn't get there by myself. I know that I didn't just all of a sudden just climb that post myself, that someone helped me, and that someone is Jesus. So I look at, and maybe you don't, maybe you think everything in your world, you made it, and you're smart enough, and you're good enough, and you're family, and you're, I'm just telling you, I know where I come from. I'm telling you, I know, I know my depravity. I'm telling you, I know the feet of clay that I have. And but by that amazing grace that Jesus Christ gave me, when he took me in and he cleaned me up and he put a new, new, gave me a new name, the Bible says a new robe, and, and cleaned my life up, man, I would be a mess. So every day of my life, I'm thankful. Jesus, thank you for doing this in my life. Every moment that I live, thank you. As a pastor of this church, every time we open the doors, I'm like, is anybody going to show up today? And you come. And I'm just thankful. And I'm just thankful to see what he's done. And I'm thankful. And as I watched even the video that we just played for you, I'm just thankful. As I walk into that new auditorium on the Germantown campus, I'm thankful. When I get an opportunity to go to the West Campus and be able to just be there for a weekend experience and see what God's doing at, at, that, at that incredible movie theater, I'm just thankful. Every letter that I get from somebody said, man, I listened to your preaching. Thank you. <laughs> I listened and I applied it, and here's what happened. Every life that's been changed. Got a letter this week from some people that don't even attend the church and just said, I was at your church, I love what God's doing, and I heard this is what a chair costs, so I wanted to buy a few chairs. I'm thankful. And as a church, can I just stop for just a second? I know this may be a bit insiderish, and I don't mean to be this way, but 
We should be thankful. If we go to a church where people are being coming to faith in Jesus Christ every single weekend, we should be thankful. Where over 20% of the income that comes in from the church goes out to missions, to people far away from God, around the corner and around the world. We should be thankful that we have a place where our kids like to go. Number one comment I hear from people. I see more children leaving crying than coming crying. I see both, but I, and, I, and I ask, and they go, they don't want to leave. We should be thankful. We should be thankful that we have each other. Look, all of us are jacked up, right? All of us have irregular. We, we, we're, like, we're like at that factory outlet store, right? An irregular tag where one arm's longer than the other, one leg's longer than the other. It's, it's not really, it's a little messed up. And we, everybody should walk in and go, here's my issue. Because we all got issues. And those of you that go, I really don't have any issues. You're really jacked up. You probably need like heavy counseling. But isn't it beautiful how God takes the mosaic of all of our lives and he blends it together? And he calls us his bride the church because nothing works like the local church works and the local church works the way local church is designed to work and if for no other reason every time I'm in life church and I'm in a service I want to lift my hands and just say thank you God thank you God that today somebody will come to faith in Jesus Christ not because of me because the Bible says that what I do is quite foolish it's the foolishness of preaching men and women come to repentance not the wisdom not the eloquence but the foolishness Thank you, God, that somewhere in this room, lives are being changed. Thank you, God, that you're drawing people from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. I don't know, I cannot remember when we have had a weekend where there's not been a guest at Life Church. There's an average of about 20 to 30 guests a weekend. Thank you, God, because you're drawing them. Thank you. And as I think about that and I worship him for what he's done, I can't help but thank him for what he's going to do. Because I think there are greater things to be done. I think there are greater things to be done. I think it may take us 20 years to become an overnight success, but I believe there are greater things to be done. I believe that God is going to use you to reach the city. I believe God's going to use you to partner with other great churches. There's a lot of great churches around in this area, but God's going to use you and us to play our part. And I just worship him and just say thank you. Because God, you're building your church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Matter of fact, let's just end right now today with just thanking God for that. Father, I just thank you for what you've done. I thank you for these wonderful people that are here today, God. I thank you, Lord, for the lives. I thank you for the mosaic of, that you've brought together, this beautiful tapestry that you're weaving, that you're putting together. And, Lord, we don't even understand how our lives work in, in concert with someone else sitting around us. But we just know, God, that you are orchestrating all of this, that you are building your church, that we are but your bride, and we're imperfect, and we have our issues, and, and, but you love us, and you're faithful. And, and, and even when we're not, you're faithful, and you're, and you're just God, you are so just to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And look upon us, not as we are, but as we can be. Not as who we are, but who we are in you. And I just pray, God, help us, Life Church, the Germantown campus, West Campus, online, future campuses to be developed, that we will always be a church that will be about the groom. 
but will be about Jesus, that will be about worshiping Him, that we will be people known to worship You in spirit and in truth. We'll be people that won't be bound by our emotions or bound by our own ideals, but God, we will, with a reckless abandonment, love You the way You've loved us. I thank You, Lord, for letting us be that church. In Jesus' name, amen.